Welcome to the While We're Waiting, Hope After Child Loss podcast. I'm Jill Sullivan, your host and one of the co-founders of the While We're Waiting ministry. This is a podcast of stories, stories of devastating loss and grief and heartbreak and struggle, and stories of hope and healing and faith and yes, even joy. Stories that will help us live well while we're waiting to see our children in heaven one day. We pray that these stories will be an encouragement to you as you walk this road of grief. Welcome back to another episode of the While We're Waiting podcast. We've been so pleased to see how warmly this podcast has been received, and we hope those of you who are listening are finding some encouragement here. At our While We're Waiting Bereaved Parent Retreats, one of our most popular sessions is something we call Topic Time. During this session, our guests have the opportunity to choose topics they want to discuss from our topic board. There are all kinds of things on that board, ranging from the holidays, to the grave, to going back to church, to the new normal, to what to do with our child's belongings or bedroom, and so on. This is always one of our most enjoyable sessions during our weekend together. We've all had the opportunity to share our children's stories with one another, and we've gotten comfortable together, so we always have some great discussion about these topics. It's so nice to talk about these things with other moms and dads who get it, knowing we can share whatever's on our hearts without fear of judgment. Probably the most popular topic during topic time is the things people say. Everyone in the room has a story of an incredibly awkward or insensitive or inappropriate thing someone has said to us after our children went to heaven. I like to group these things people say into categories. Number one, the curious category. These are the people who repeatedly ask, how are you doing? Often followed by a hand gently placed on your arm, a long look deep into your eyes, and an additional question. But how are you really doing? That's such a hard question to answer. Or those who want to know what happened with lots of details when they find out your child has died. Most bereaved parents don't want to discuss those details with anyone but those very close to them. Number two, the sappy category. These are the dear folks who try to comfort by saying things like, God always picks his best flowers first. Or, God must have needed another angel in heaven. Sweet, but not really helpful, and certainly not based in sound theology. Number three, the aren't you over this yet category. These are the impatient people who say things like, don't you think it's time you get back into life or get back to normal? Sometimes followed by, after all, it's been three weeks or three months or three years, if they only understood that there is no normal after the loss of a child. Number four, the at least category. Again, these folks are truly trying to be comforting by saying things like, at least she's not suffering anymore, or at least you know he's in a better place, or at least she was just a baby so you didn't really get to know her. I can't say this strongly enough. No sentence beginning with the words, at least, should ever be said to a parent who has lost a child. Number five, the you can replace him category. People often say things like, you're still young, you can have another child. 
or aren't you glad you have other children? We don't know what kind of infertility issues a couple may be dealing with. And the fact that a parent has another child certainly does not replace the one who died or cause the parent to miss that child any less. Number six, the I understand category. Sometimes people try to demonstrate empathy by saying, I know exactly how you feel, or I know what you're going through. My grandmother died last year. Some will even compare the loss of a pet to the loss of a child. Only a bereaved parent can say, I understand, to another bereaved parent, and even then, they know they don't fully understand. Number seven, the theologically incorrect category. Usually these things are just implied, but occasionally they are spoken aloud. If only you had prayed harder, or trusted more, or repeated these special verses, your child wouldn't have died. Besides being completely incorrect, these words can wound very, very deeply and cause a hurting parent to turn from their faith. Number eight, the avoider category. These are the folks who see you coming and will trip all over themselves trying to get out of your path. They suddenly remember an errand they have to run or something they need from the opposite end of the store or even though you're right there, they just don't see you. You know they're avoiding you, and you know exactly why. They're scared to death of you. I personally have a lot of grace for the avoiders, because that's the category I used to fall into myself. You know, as bereaved parents, we're in pretty good company in this regard. Even Job experienced this. When he lost all of his children, in addition to pretty much everything else he had, he had a group of folks who came to comfort him. For the first seven days, they didn't say anything, just sat with him in his misery. But once they opened their mouths, things went south in a hurry. They obviously didn't do a very good job of providing comfort because Job 16, 1 and 2 says, Then Job answered and said, I have heard many such things. Miserable comforters are you all. I love how he just says it like it is. So what do we do when we come face to face with miserable comforters like Job did? We actually have three options. Option one, we can blow up. This is what Satan would like for us to do. He would like nothing better than for us to blow our witness by jumping down someone's throat. Job knows how this feels too. In Job 6, 2-3 it says, Oh, that my grief were fully weighed, and my calamity laid with it on the scales. For then it would be heavier than the sand of the sea. Therefore, my words have been rash. Often the weight of grief can make us speak rashly. Even Job clearly had said some things to his comforters that he later regretted. Option two, we can ignore it. This was generally my default option, especially in the early weeks, months, and years of grief. When we're raw emotionally or tired physically, we only have so much emotional energy to spare, and we may not have the strength to deal with these comments in a godly way. At those times, it's usually best to just walk away. Option three, we can educate. Think about it. Did you know what to say to someone who had lost a child before you lost your own? I didn't. That's why I was an avoider. 
Unfortunately, we who are grieving parents are the only ones who can really teach others what is appropriate and what is inappropriate. Nancy Guthrie says we should educate, not alienate. This may only be possible for you after the initial sting of the loss has subsided for a bit, which may be years for some. But how will they know if we don't teach them? So what does the Bible have to say about the words people say? Ecclesiastes 7.21-22 says, Do not take to heart everything people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. For many times also your own heart has known that even you have cursed others. Did you catch the beginning of that? Do not take to heart everything people say. There's only one perfect comforter, and that's the Holy Spirit. Our friends, our family members, our co-workers, they're not equipped to be the comforters we need. So instead of planting a bunch of prickly, thorny bushes around ourselves and forcing people to try to figure out a way through, around, or over them, we can choose to extend grace to those genuinely sincere folks who want to help, but they just don't know how to do it. Which of these choices would be most conducive to our healing? Which choice honors our child, and more importantly, our Lord? Let's choose, as much as possible, to extend grace to those folks. We always close our discussion of the things people say by turning our perspective from the negative to the positive. Yes, people do sometimes say things that are hurtful to grieving parents, but you know what? Every bereaved parent also has a story of someone God brought into their life at exactly the right time, with just the right words that they needed to hear in that moment. Proverbs 25.11 says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. I sure am thankful for the apples of gold people have shared with me on my journey. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. We hope it brought you some comfort and encouragement today and maybe made you feel a little less alone on the journey. Please subscribe so you'll never miss an episode and and maybe leave us a rating in iTunes to help others find the podcast. Again, we're glad you spent a few minutes with us today. It's a blessing to walk beside you as we seek to live well while we're waiting.